Good morning and welcome back to my podcast, What She Wants. My name is Mandy and I am your host for this freak show that I call my life. I, I, I've been on quite a journey, ladies and gentlemen, quite a journey. And when I logged in this morning to Anchor to upload my 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 recordings this morning it made me I did it on a laptop and I usually do it on the app on my phone but my husband has been taking the phone because now we are down to one way to go broken phones so I can't do it on the app and the phone like I normally do so I pulled out the microphone and I hooked up the laptop and logged in and it made me think about where I was when I first created this account and I was living in my fifth wheel on the side of the road in Richmond California and I was working a job that was a weekend job waving advertisement signs for local subdivision developments in the greater Bay Area. So I had a nice long train ride down to South Bay and a lot of time to think. And I know, I knew what I wanted. I just wanted some peace. I I was just, I wanted something better than where I was at. Something just as creative as the life that we had worked so hard to design, but better without police harassment, with without being subjected to opinions of other people. Now here we are so many years later and I'm still on that journey for peace. I've gotten peace in a lot of aspects of my life. A lot, except for my marriage. And my husband is a complete hard ass who thinks that, well, enlightenment is for the dumbasses. And I don't, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that my journey of enlightenment to find the peace that I need in myself has been this but i've been really insecure for most of our marriage and i just i wanted him to love me so much that i just didn't listen to anything else i just wanted him to love me and i I searched for his validation and everything and that gave him a power a power that i've taken back And last night was one of the worst arguments we have had. But it wasn't the yelling and screaming kind of match you would normally think of when you describe something as an argument. I never raised my voice. I never called him names. I just basically stated the facts. And said out loud to his face. (laughs) I don't, I don't care. I don't care anymore 
what he thinks, what anyone thinks. This journey is mine and no one can judge me but God himself. And I'm not saying that my decisions are perfect because I'm not Jesus and I know it. So there's no sense of perfection and everybody needs to come to my standards. No, that's not it. It is basically just me saying, I'm tired of hating the world. I'm tired of having to hate the world. The world deserves to be hated. It does. This is one of the most fucked up places ever in our history. One of the worst time periods of our history. And it's the worst because all of the stuff that we're facing right now, we as a society have faced before. But history class was too boring. Wasn't worth paying attention to. And so now we have not one generation, but a whole lot of generations who don't even know what the history is, don't even question what the history is, or has it ever even repeated itself. If it is not referenced in a news report on the nightly news, then we don't even know about it. And... I was a lover of being a student. I loved learning. It was who I was. So I absorbed all this information I thought I was going to use for this prestigious law career I had planned. (laughs) And no, no, instead, I've been led down the University of Hard Knocks, to which I feel that I am a master's graduate of. So please excuse my bragging, but yes, it is mastering, mastering the education to survive in life. And at this point, there is no fear here. There is no fear of the unknown as far as what my plan is next because I have no clue, no clue where this journey is going to lead me. I mean, just think a few months ago, I was working at the big box store in Montana, and I thought I was going to be there for a lengthy period of time. And lo and behold, now I'm back in Baton Rouge. And as I'm sitting here in Baton Rouge, I am watching all the people in my city. This is my hometown. I'm watching you complain about problems that you created, that you allowed to be created because of your inaction. And then you look and wonder why, and you want to blame everything else, everything else. But in this journey to find peace, I have learned that one of the most essential keys It's examining ourselves first. But I don't think any of us look at our community and blame ourselves for what's happening in our community. Now, Baton Rouge, you have to know, is one of the cities in the United States with the highest 
murder rate per capita of people. What's that mean? Statistically, there's a ratio. I don't know the exact ratio, but an example, one out of three people will shoot someone else and two out of three people will get shot. There are murders that happen on a daily basis in the city. And everybody says, oh my God, it's guns. We need to take the guns off the streets. If, if guns weren't available for everyone to have, then these young kids who were lusting after greed, they wouldn't be able to shoot anybody. I'm sorry, Karen, but gun control is not going to save you. It's not. You know why? Because evil breeds evil. So if you want a real, true look at what is breeding the evil in your community, let's find the root of that evil. Guns is an inanimate object. The evil comes behind the person who has intention behind that inanimate object. I mean, my husband likes to reference sexual things for women. Like all of women's products are made to look like dildos because all women can think about is dicks. Sorry, there's so much more to life than what's in your pants, bruh. I know, I know that you want that to be like the revolution of my world and that it just revolves around the head of your penis, but no, it is really not that pretty of a body part either. Just saying, there are prettier parts. With that being said, I want to take a delve into what that root of that evil is. Because I think my mission in life and my path in, in this journey is to finally acknowledge that I didn't work hard to acquire all of this knowledge for no reason. There's a purpose for it. Just wasn't the purpose I thought it was. But there's a purpose. So let's take a commercial break and come back and see what my revelation has revealed to me. All right. If you guys haven't already, please go check out Anchor. Man, this has been so easy for me. And I don't do this podcast because I think that I'm going to like strike it rich or become infamous overnight. Really, this is my journal. This is my audio journal. This is about taking my words that's in my, my actual journal and expressing them. So if I can do it, you can do it. There are so many things that we can talk about. But it's time that we open some discussions. Which leads me into my revelation. Now, my whole life, I, I studied law. I studied the workings of it. I participated in it. And then I became a criminal when it fell apart. 
I rebelled by becoming the exact opposite of what my initial goal was. Man, such self-destructive behavior. I don't regret any of it because I've learned so much about myself. The insecure little girl who lost it all is now the woman who has the world. And at this point, I'm trying to step up to the plate to fulfill my own destiny. And again, I don't know exactly what that looks like, but I know that my personality being as flamboyant as it is, my knowledge base being as vast as it is and forever growing on a daily basis serves a purpose. It, there's a purpose there. So when I come home to Baton Rouge and I look around this city and I read the comments on the local news forums and everyone wants to blame something else. Oh, well, it's rappers. It's rap music. That's why. Because they promote drugs and violence. Let's get something straight about rap music. They're not promoting They're using music as their journal. They're taking what they have to live every day and expressing it to a beat. And there are so many other people who identify with those words that it takes off and becomes wildfire. So rap music, rap industry, no. That's not the root of the evil here. (laughs) Neither is all these violent movies that we watch or the crazy crime shows that are on every freaking channel promoted to women. Like all of a sudden one day you're just going to snap and you kill them. (laughs) No, no. They're trying to convince you that you have no moral basis anymore and that this is what it should be. Um, And that's not what it should be. We are not where we should be. So when I say that as a community, it's time for us to reflect how we played a part in it becoming so unruly, my heart naturally glows to law. (laughs) It is the basis of what the foundation of my knowledge so what I started researching that led me to all the other things that I learned about. I wanted to be Matlock, you know, Matlock. He knew everything, and that's how he would figure out who the real bad guy was. Well, I'm Matlock now, and I want to figure out who the real bad guy is. See, my dad was an addict. My stepmom was an addict. Her sisters were all addicts. My stepdad was an addict. My uncle was an addict. And of all the people I just named, the only one who's still alive and kicking is my stepdad. Mm, No, I think that's God's payment to my mom for being toxic. (laughs) I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. Please, God, forgive me. But 
the reality of it is, is that he's here and alive and driving my mom nuts. And although she would never admit it to me, I know he still drives her nuts. So when I look at my city as a crackheaded sales of cotton candy woman. And what that means is I go out where the crackheads go ask you for money and beg you. I go out to those same spots and try to sell you some cotton candy that I made. It is a humbling experience to do such a thing as a sober person. And I understand why the people who do it have to be intoxicated to do it. Because then you don't care about the judgment that comes from others. But with that being said, the root of this problem has many faucets. It is not just one faucet that is pouring into this problem higher crime. And Baton Rouge is not the only city that's experiencing this. Throughout our travels, that's what we realize the most of, is that this epidemic is hitting every town, small towns, big towns, rural towns, country towns, major metropolises, everywhere that we traveled, the crime statistics are going up. And no one wants to look at the fact that the ones who are in charge of patrolling that, of enforcing, we'll put that in court quotations, the law that they really don't have any knowledge of. They don't. Criminal justice degree does not give you a knowledge of the law. No, no, it doesn't. No. You do not become a lawyer from a criminal justice degree. So if you're out there and you took a criminal justice degree to get your position, I'm sorry if that offends you, but you're not a lawyer. Go to law school and then take the badge so that you can enforce law correctly. Because you know what the law is. Law has become very arbitrary can force it on whom I want to and when I want to. But not only has law become this arbitrary means of, of power, it, it is that, it's that control. Is that I have control over you and I can do what I want to. And since I was a bully as a kid and I didn't like your kind when I was growing up because I was taught better then you don't have to wear a badge to be a police. And I know that some of you listening will probably be like, yeah, I'm a police. When I first met David, he's telling me stories about what he's experienced. And I have to say that David has experienced more trauma than anyone I have ever met in my whole life. And he doesn't recount the trauma in a story where he's the victim. But no, rather like, man, this one time 
I was here and this is the fucked up shit that was happening there. Wow. I couldn't believe. So one time he's in prison. I call it prison. It could have been a jail. You know, at this point, I have like tuned out the stories and tried to erase them from my mind because they are so traumatic. Anyway, there's this one time that he's in jail and he's on a line. And so there's individual sales, like two man sales. And in come the new prisoners, the ones who were just sentenced or arrested or whatever. They're the new people in the jail. And the guards, the police officers, because the prison guards are police officers. Let's not confuse this. They are not corrections officers. They are police officers. They're all the same unit. They all went to the same teaching and the same classes. And they all have the same criminal justice degree. Okay. These officers had one cell and they decided to pick on one new inmate. Arbitrary, huh? Like what gave them the power to just pick one inmate? The question is, is what did they do with that one inmate that makes this story so horrific? and so traumatizing. What did they do? I'm gonna take a short break. I'm gonna come back to y'all. I go check out Anchor, support our sponsors. And if you haven't already done so, click the like and subscribe buttons on your podcast, wherever you're listening to. I'm so proud to be on eight platforms. I, it, it amazes me. I have two other podcasts, one about just running business on a small scale. And the other is about mental health issues and women. And neither one of my other podcasts have been accepted on all these major platforms. This podcast, however, has been accepted on eight. And I am I'm so proud because this is the one I feel like is the worst and not the worst as in the content is bad, but the worst as in I'm completely unprofessional about this. I'm really just expressing my own thoughts and feelings. It's my journal. So stay tuned. Come right back or I will be right back while I'm gone. Click the subscribe button. Let's help me increase my audience numbers you guys are amazing. I have 1,100 listens. I am, I'm amazed. I am amazed. And I am so appreciative that you take the time out to listen to me while you're driving. Or relaxing. Oh, that's even better. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out to hit the subscribe button it it i appreciate all the love all the love just keep listening this shit show 
is going to change. It is going to change dramatically. I will record another episode and tell you where the plan is going. So just bear with me as I set up this whole backstory of where I'm at and how I feel like I'm being called to these problems. Because in today's episode, we're trying to figure out where the root of all this evil is that comes from this crime, how this crime starts. You know, we've already discussed that it's not the rap music industry, that the rap music or the rap musicians, rather, are just like me. And they're using music to journal how they feel about their life, what they have been subjected to. And know this about how I feel about the rap music industry is that it is not just one culture. We're not discussing race here. We are discussing economics here because Tom McDonald was just a poor white guy. We had a lot of black friends. It is not just one race. I know of Mexicans and Filipinos and all walks of life, every color of skin. They're just poor. They're poor. They're poor. So, and and it's, when I say poor, I mean financially poor. They're broke as fuck. They can't even pay the electric. In Baton Rouge right now, the average electric bill is $500. $500. We have places in Baton Rouge where the house is not even worth $500, but the electricity bill is. I'm just saying. I digress back to the story. So David tells me this story about this trauma. That fresh fish walk in, right? And the officers have picked this one cell. And I don't know if it's like this about all prison sentences, you know, the joke about, you know, don't drop the soap because Big Bubba might get you. But here in the South, Big Bubba is usually like a two, 300 pound black man who looks very intimidating. And that's the stereotypical description of, you know, this joke. I don't think it's a joke. I, I don't find it very, very funny at all. Because I've now met someone in real life, IRL, that has had to experience this. IRL. So they take Big Bubba, we'll call him, but one of the larger African-American guys who has been incarcerated for a long time. Now, in the South, there's a saying about Uncle Tom, and Uncle Tom will oppress his own people in order to, to gain favor with the master. And Uncle Tom came from, like, slavery and plantation days, and he was the black one who kissed the white man's ass and beat up his own kind just so he could gain favor. So this Uncle Tom... Big Bubba, a.k.a. Big Bubba, is in the cell. 
and they have decided which one of the fresh fish that they think is the weakest. Vulnerability, baby. They saw somebody who was vulnerable, vulnerable and weak, and they decided that it would be hilarious if they put that vulnerable, weak, fresh fish in that sail with Big Bubba, especially with the running joke about not dropping the soap because Big Bubba might get your booty. Only thing these guards, correction, these officers, because they are deputized, deputized, okay, we'll get this right, officers of the law. So they are law enforcement officers. Their station is just to work in the prison. So they decide that Big Bubba needs to scare this fresh fish who is vulnerable and weak and scared. But they really thought it would be hilarious if they covered Big Bubba in ketchup. Yes, ketchup. Because it looked like blood stains. And they put this vulnerable, scared, young, probably, kid into the cell with Big Bubba and racked the door. Rack the door means they closed it. And Big Bubba starts talking that talk. Oh boy, come over here. I hope you can put up a fight. I like it when you fight. Oh my God. And he goes on and on and on and on. But the officers have bucked up Big Bubba so much preceding this that Big Bubba forgets that this is a joke to scare the already scared and vulnerable new prisoner. And Big Bubba rapes him. Now all 1,800 men who are in this facility have to listen to the cries of a child because you might be 18, you might be 20, you ain't even hit the brink of life, you're still a kid. Be raped by Big Bubba, where it started out to be a joke and turned into real life. Let him, they let Big Bubba do this. While they're in the key, the key is the control center for all of this dormitories, doors, etc., etc. And they're in the key laughing, laughing. So these 1,800 men have to listen to these guys in the key who have a badge because the world thinks they're better because they got a badge. They're heroic. Well, your hero just got somebody else to rape a dude for a joke and a kid at that. Somebody young. Now, 
as those 1,800 men, my husband was one of them, had to listen to that boy scream all night and fight the predator that he was intentionally partnered with as a celly. As they listened to his cries and his pleas for help, and they listened to the officers in the key laughing because they think that this is a joke, what kind of animosity do you think is created in the hearts of those 1,800 men? But the animosity is not created just for the law enforcement officers who are working the key and set all this up. They start to build animosity for the community who praises someone who acts like that. Who pats them on the back when they're at church and calls them officers good men. They built animosity for the churches. They built animosity for the school systems. They built animosity towards your community because your community praises somebody who thinks that it's a joke to unleash a predator. And give him a bunny in which to consume. I have to take the moment of silence. I mean, there's no explanation for this. There's no reason that this should be okay. But the story will never hit the streets. By the time the inmates who are in there, those 1,800 men, get a new lease on life, they're told that they need to be thankful that they got a second chance. While in their hearts, bloom this animosity, because it's not one episode. This is their life all day, every day. is their life when they are free. My husband has such an anger for society that he can't even be happy in his family with the blessings that we have. Because the anger toward a society that allows, sets up, and finds hilarious the victimization of human beings. It's a joke. It's a joke. Now, I know there are some of you out there who are saying, well, I guess he shouldn't have taken himself to prison. And then he wouldn't have been raped by Big Bubba.
So when you was a kid and you disobeyed your mama's rules and she took that switch to your ass and you wanted to call CPS. And I know that there are two generations of people out there who that's exactly what they did because that's how CPS got all the money that it's got and all the acts and laws that it's got. So that parents can't whip their children with switches and belts and dude I get that part <laughs> but then you you allow you allow people like this to walk in your community as praised heroes and you got some fucked up viewpoints cause your mama needed to beat your ass with that switch Because you had done wrong. So I guess that the boy, he needed to be raped because he did something wrong. And that is the message that it sent. That is the message that caused so much animosity in the other 1,800 men that had to listen to the screams all night. What is fucked up about our cities is that we allow and praise our politicians, our community leaders, our police officers, because they are the front line. They are the Marine Corps of your community. They are the first in and last out. And we allow them to do whatever they want to do. To enforce that, that law arbitrarily. However they feel the need to. Now. If we had a community where we praised empowerment, where we rewarded the people and the underdogs who came up from nothing to be something, then we might actually be on to something. But I know of no programs that exist this way, none. I've tried to take part in community programs and resource programs to help me better my situations from living homeless on the side of the road. Instead, they wanted to label me as a domestic violence victim and tell me it was okay. I could share with them that my husband beat me up and that he could be arrested and taken to the local jail and I could receive a $1,200 check as compensation. $1,200. That's what a low-income marriage is worth to your community leaders. $1,200. 
Talk about selling yourself short. Talk about selling yourself short. Well, we're not selling ourselves short. We're selling our community short. It is not one of us. It is all of us. Those officers that did that bullshit, they're the reason that you can't safely walk down your streets, Baton Rouge. I promise you, my husband is now 55 years old. Those officers are retired and they're collecting pension for their behavior off of you, Joe Blow taxpayer. And you wonder why we have two, three teenagers in West Baton Rouge who set up a guy trying to prostitute? He might not have known that them kids was underage. But he was still looking to pay for sex. And in the whole story, he's the one not charged. He went to that motel where he got shot at to commit a crime. And he has money in the community. He's either a good businessman or he's a good employee at some bullshit-ass ranking job. I bet that guy gets a pat on the back from his church. It's okay. God forgives you. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. He's going to go looking for another prostitute. He's going to find plenty of them, too. Because, again, oh, that poor little old prostitute who's hooked on drugs, who can't even survive without injecting herself. Oh, it's not her fault, you know. It's a disease. Addiction is a disease. She can't help herself. She needs that needle in her vein. They'll prosecute her because she decided to put the needle in her vein to begin with. She wasn't born that way. She didn't grow up that way. I don't know. Maybe she did. Lord knows. I just named off a whole lot of family members I watched use. Right. Difference is, is I don't use. I can't stand it. I hate, I hate all of it, medicine as, as a whole, the pharmaceutical industry, period. I don't find a difference between crack and metformin. Just me, just saying. The opposite could be said for my sister, who I didn't name in the previous list, who is lost in some dimension in the bayou down there, perpetually popping pills, smoking crack, drinking. <laughs> she got to get her drink on because <laughs> she's cool like that. <laughs> she got to get her drink. <laughs> no, baby. No, baby. You're not cool. You're not. That's not cool. Do you know what you look like after a you know decade of drinking? <laughs> Have you ever looked 
at somebody's at, at somebody on the streets that's a drug user and then looked at him as a kid before drugs were introduced and partying was introduced into their life have you have you seen the difference in what drugs do to you like seriously seriously the injection of all those chemicals and what it does to your body <clears throat> chemicals outside chemicals they change you so will that trick find him another girl yes he will yes he will he's gonna find somebody else know why because he's done fuck so many whores that he's got an std and real call girls they require tests and negative tests before they'll take you on plus they're really really expensive because they know their self-worth so much props to the girls who are out there to get ahead and doing it i don't mock it the ones of you who are doing it for a piece of crack rock to put on the end of your pipe you got apples and oranges fucked up and you are the reason our society is fucked up the root the root of the problem of our crime you think it's guns it's your doctor man it's your police officers It's your city leaders. It's your presidents. And I don't care whose side you're on. Biden's, Trump's. That's the, you know, Reagan's. I don't even know who his competitor was back then. I was a kid. But again, you think that this and they are right? And that they've actually formed a formidable plan of action in which to decrease these numbers no it's a ponzi scheme set forth by the united states government and trickles down it is the real trickle down economy because trump trump has friends who sell opiates through legalized drug dealers those drug dealers wear white coats and your insurance actually pays them to sell you drugs could you imagine if the local dope man in the hood could catch some insurance money and get paid to serve his dope fiends what would that look like to you i know what it looks like to me it looks like a medical clinic looks like a medical clinic so you want to start discussing where it comes in how about poverty let's touch on poverty next I have to take a short commercial break I need to take a breath smoke a cigarette I'm coming right back to you because this freak show, this freak show is worth talking about. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to me rant. 
My name is Mandy. I am your host, and this freak show is what I call my life. And I've been discussing, like, just observations that I've seen about crime statistics and community, as well as my own experiences in those, um, and traveling, um, you know, nationally. And I, I see a lot of problems, but there are not the problems that are getting credit for being the root of the evil. And I think it's time. I think it's way past time. And I know that at some point I mentioned about my calling and all of this. It, you will understand as the recordings go on how this kind of relates to that but I'm here because I know that there's a change that needs to be made I know there is there's a lot of changes that need to be made not just one we're not limited to just one change that we need to make there's a lot of changes that we need to make but a lot of you don't even know how to make a fucking change the fuck how do you like combat your local government what is even your local government what what is that you know you show up and you vote for the one you like the best they look the best you don't even like interview their merit. You don't even question them. You're just like, oh yeah, I like you. Or you belong to my political party. So since my party backs you, I won't even question their decision. They did all the thinking for me. And that right there is the problem. It is time for us to stop being on autopilot and start thinking for ourselves. Because this is all one massive strategy. This is a strategy. This, that's what the term that they use. That your life and my life is a strategic experience on their part. They have a strategy against you. Not for you. Not for you. I mean, look at it like this. <clears throat> Something that did make Trump a great leader. I'm not agreeing with all of his stuff. So don't you Biden supporters come ranting on me. And all of you Trump supporters, put your boy in check. But he knew that this country is a business. And he wasn't afraid to say that out loud. The United States of America is an incorporation. Who out there knows how a city or a state or a county, in Louisiana's case, a parish, is even formed? Who, who out there knows that? Can you raise your hand? Everybody just know that my hand is in the air. I have to file court documents incorporating 
the town and licensing the town, parish, state, nation as a business entity because there are monies involved. Money makes it a business, not a place to live, relax, enjoy. It is a business. I know some of you are struggling right now to figure out how to turn your side hustle into a business and can't even get that far. I joined my boat. I got a boat. You know, at least my boat has paddles. Are you drowning? I could come swim next to you. You could get in my boat. Come. Come get in my boat. Being that your town, city, state, parish, and country are all businesses, and they all use money, it all boils down to money, where does the money come from? Oh, I know. I pay taxes. That's how they get it. Yes, that is one way they get it. The other is all those extreme fees that my great-grandmother said she would never fucking pay. Registration, license, insurance on your week vehicle, your house, <laughs> your life. That's all Ponzi scheme scams, baby. All scams uh, written by scammers for scammers. Now that we know that there's more than one income stream taxes is one income the other is y'all hang on a second oh, i missed it sorry my husband's out on the highway and there's a bad accident on the freeway where he's at so i just wanted to hear um but taxes is one income stream now when we think about a business, we think about a brand, yo, Nestle's, Nestle's Crunch. I mean, Nestle's has a whole lot of different products, right? So they sell candy bars. Oh, my favorite. And not just one candy bar. How many candy bars does Nestle produce? 15, 20 of them? I don't know actual numbers. I'm just guessing here, guys. But say 10, 10 candy bars. That's 10 income streams. 10 income streams. Each candy bar has to be licensed as its own entity, its own business, its own tax-paying EIN number. So they collect taxes, yes, on your products, on the sale of the products, Taxes is a it's a wide wide income revenue, right? But we're we're talking about the government being the Nestle Corporation, and I don't care if it's your city government, your community government, your parish or county government, your state government, 
or your national government. It all works the same. They are the ultimate corporation, the big brand. They are Nestle's. And not Nestle's is just an example. I could put Skinny Girl in there. That's a, a brand we all know, you know, and love. But Bethany Frankel, what did you say on Big Shot? You had 97 different products and businesses moving around. 97 different income streams. Your government has taxes. That could be its candy bars. It's got 10 different tax policies and 10 different income revenues, all from the same product line. But here's the great thing is that Nestle makes coffee a whole different entity. And they have multiple lines of coffee, chocolate milk products. You know, again, same niche, different entities. All its individual income revenue. So let's see how that would translate over into your government. So you got taxes. That's the candy bars. You got DMV services. That's the coffee. All right, because everybody wants to drive. Everybody has to have insurance. They need to get a driver's license. They got to you know, pay fines and fees. Right, tickets from your local law enforcement again, income streams, income streams. How else do governments collect monies? Let's go to healthcare because that's my favorite subject. <laughs> Yes, the government collects revenue from the fact that you're sick. I'm so sorry. Let me give you drugs and make you sicker. Because I need you to be sick. Because if you're not sick, then I don't make money. I need you to be sick. Be sick. I said be sick. I need money. So you're sick. Why would I want to let you heal up and get better? Then you're not an income stream. And there are millions of people who see a doctor on a daily basis. Just a thought for all you Roe v. Wade protesters out there. This wasn't about pro-life, baby. The government could care less whether you kill your baby or not. They don't give a fuck. But they do. You know why? Because if, if your baby makes it to life, then that's a baby that the medical system will have to take care of for 80 years. Thereby producing an income stream. And if there are a million new babies this year, and each one of them, in the course of their lifetime, spends $10 million in health care from birth to death. That is how much money? How much money? All right. Billions. 
billions. Y'all are all worried about this mega pot of a billion dollars. And that's just a small, that's crumbs. You're feeding off the crumbs. You are like roaches. And yet you are the crumbs that the roaches are feeding off of at the same simultaneously. Simultaneously. So your health care is a revenue stream for government. And I know there are people out there like, no. Taxpayers have to flip that bill. Taxpayers have to. No, honey. No. Because the doctor has to pay how much for his education for seven years to get his doctorate? Income revenue for the government, right? Student loans, Fed money. Oh, it might not be interest bearing, but it is money in the bank. And someone is making money off of that loan, even without the interest rates, because they're not giving away nothing for free. If they're not making money off of it, they're not doing it, period. It will be outlawed and illegal, as a matter of fact. Just saying. Just saying. Propaganda would be released. No, don't go to college. <laughs> Yo, don't don't go to college because you don't need a higher education. <laughs> it costs us too much money because we're giving away free loans. Ooh, look, here's that report. Hang on. Income revenues. Again, you guys are out here patting all these people on the back, telling them how good they are. You're encouraging them to prey upon the people in your community. And then you look at your community and you're like, I don't understand why they went and shot up the mall. What? You don't understand why one person who tried to, you know, just live life and be happy without being an income stream to the government got mad? Why an oppressed person who has been subjected to bullying, like the fresh fish in the beginning of this cast, you finally gets enough of being raped by Big Bubba? You don't, uh, uh, what? You don't get that? No. That's right. The people who fucked over the shooter are not the problem at all. No, the shooter, he was mentally unstable. I wonder why he was mentally unstable. I wonder what caused him such angst to take the lives of others. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm a woman, and I love my crime documentaries. And I know that there are serial killers who kill just for the pleasure of killing. There are reports about how they become sociopaths. It's this, it's that. 
It is all of the above. It is all of the above. Jeffrey Dahmer? He was a member of society that no one would have ever suspected. Just a, a normal guy killing kids and keeping them under this house while he ate them. John Wayne Gacy was a predominant member of his community. And little boys were rotting <laughs> under his house. Patted on the back. The best one is the Golden State. What is he, a rapist? A serial killer? A little of both? What's a fucking cop? A fucking cop. He was already told that he was above the law because he had a badge. Really given a license to kill. So... Where do the problems lie? If you want to talk about how TV and media affects our communities, why don't you talk about the ones who are flossing, that they got these businesses, and they have this great life, and, um, you know, they have all this stuff, because... You know, the actual key to success in life is, is having a lot of stuff that costs a, a lot of ridiculous money, right? You have and they don't, and they want what you get, and they'll get that by any means necessary. By any means necessary. They got to take it. They need a gun to take it from you? Those three kids in West Baton Rouge yesterday, they just wanted some money. They were not killers. They probably didn't even know how the fucking gun worked. As a matter of fact, the person who pulled the trigger shot their friend. Because <laughs> they didn't even know how the gun worked. They didn't know how to aim it or nothing. They knew nothing about guns. No, it wasn't about guns. It's about money. They want it. They saw somebody who had it, who had an easy way for them to enter his life. Because strangers don't, they don't kill strangers. Unless they got a way in. I'm not going to walk up randomly and just shoot you unless, well, I've just had enough of your kind. And everybody who shots at the mall all acts alike, so I'm going to shoot at the mall. Everybody who goes to the gay club, they're all gay and I can't stand gay, so I'm going to shoot at the club. That's it. Entities. Entities. So, Baton Rouge, 
what are you going to do about your crime statistics here? Because you went from one extreme to another. You went from completely lock them up to I don't give a fuck what they do. That is what our streets have transpired in in the 43 years of my life that I've watched in this city. It makes me hate this city so much. I really, I know now why God called me here, but I'm not sure if I'm ready to accept. And I, I told him I was, but it's going to be one hell of a fight, guys. Change doesn't come easy. It comes with fight. And I don't, I don't know if I'm ready to take on this fight. The first thing we have to do, Baton Rouge, is examine our law enforcement practices and procedures, our judiciary systems, practice and, and procedures. See, the advantage of growing up with a granddaddy who put the best education as a priority in his life to make sure that it happened in mine allowed me the opportunity to go network with people who were affluent in our community. Affluence resulted in more drug use. I had more money to get fucked up with than most of them ended up dropping out of school and I don't even know where they're at now. I don't I don't even go look. But where we need to start to find a solution. starts at examining what we've allowed our legislation and lawmakers to make. And we have great, great newscasters who try to investigate things. Chris Nakamoto. Um, before that, in my generation of youthful news watching was the great late Paul Gates. Paul Gates investigates. <laughs> Matter of fact, at one point, my mom called him on me because of David and all the shit we were doing back then. But we weren't doing it when she called. So, what? These newscasters, they, they try and open up the doors to questions. But we have to take that a step further. I have to take it further than just the newscaster. Brittany Weiss, trying to get things done. You know, we have to take it a step further. And yeah, the media coverage of these issues in our community, Baton Rouge, is awesome. It is awesome. Where are our solutions at, though? How do we prevent this from being a perpetual revolving door of criminal offenders and I'm not talking about the inmates at the parish prison I am talking about the elected officials who are sucking our communities dry for the sake of what 
There's not even no prestige in Baton Rouge. None. There's a lot of money here. But all those classmates who have the money to like throw the best wildest party ever. Ever. Have ran all of the businesses in Baton Rouge into the ground. And we try to like pop up with new ones in the surrounding areas. Well, guess what? You just created the next ghetto. You did the same damn thing, you stupid idiots. The problem with North Baton Rouge was that they built all of these little houses that were really close together on these small little lots in the property development. And everybody lived on top of everybody. And then they wanted a little freedom to be a little more rural. So they kind of spread out. But then they developed subdivisions that had a little larger of a lot. So you had a front yard and the back one. And they're all ghettos. They are all hoods. You cannot be from Baton Rouge and not be from the hood. I'm going to say that again. You cannot be from Baton Rouge and not be from the hood. Even all you mansions on Highland Road, which are larger and more prestigious than the ones in the country club of Louisiana. Totally. Because two streets over, man, a drug dealer, man, prostitution. Because you know your old man, while you were like doing other things like shoving, he was down there getting his pecker played with by the prostitute who's on drugs. That's right there. You know, that's okay. So it doesn't matter if you're in the prestigious parts of the city with the big houses or the small ones that's all on top of each other, the development of the city leads to more ghettos. Build some more apartments, people. That's what we need. Apartments turn into projects. Where are you from? Now, back when I lived in old London town, Oh, yes, those of you from Baton Rouge know O'Neill Lane and a London town used to be that prestige. We was like highfalutin creme de la creme. Hood. Drive through them apartments right now. Drive through their projects. They are projects. I am ashamed. Like, really, my husband picks on me all the time. Because he knows I'm ashamed. And it's a vulnerability in my own mindset. Hood. Hood. Now the question of Baton Rouge becomes. What do we do? To stop it. To kill the momentum of this. What do we do? You know not sure that I have the answer to that question but I do have the answer to a few few more questions but I am on the time limit I have got to get to blowing some candy it is going to be a very long day again today I've had a long day for the past couple of days so let me get this 
underway. Thank you for listening. Go click that like and subscribe button. And I'm going to catch you again soon.